Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation, hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology. If you are new to the show, man, we always enjoy hanging with you, an automotive lifestyle show where we get into the fascinating, the strange, the curious, the journey of the good works and once in a while the bad works of the automotive industry. But first, we got to roll up some of these trumpets right here. Thank you, thank you. We heard from you, our podcast family on the weekends, our KFNX Tribe, 88.7. And I just got to tell you, because we talk about this all the time, Greg Ovis with G's Up in Studio, show contributor. Welcome, Good Greg. to see you. Thank you. Yes, what we mention is, and, and some of you that have seen us at the shows and such, we're humbly proud, bang our chest, and say... We are dang proud to do this show from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Absolutely. So, Breeze in studio. Breeze, say hello to the peoples. Hello, peoples. I absolutely adore Wrench Nation, and it is an honor to be able to work with Frank and Greg. And, and Susie Sockets, who's Wrench not Nation. on right now. I miss Susie Sockets. Susie, yeah, come visit me. I know the garage is busy, but come on. But, dude, I brought uh, Bree is integral to this because Bree, she works the day trading board here. I and know, we right? Couldn't, we couldn't do the show <laughs> you know, without you. I just press and press a few hundred buttons. And you all. rock, and we appreciate that. Thanks. And uh, I invite you guys, get on to WrenchNation.tv. Really cool to hang with Mike. Zarnick, Hot Wheels, Guinness Book right. World Record Holder. That was last week's show. Uh, you guys can catch it, of course, on the website. Or if you prefer, we got Spotify, iHeart. Uh, the largest classic vehicle used parts in the world. Greg, we had him on the show, Desert Valley Auto yep. Parts. They, we did have That was a great show. I didn't know they ran the largest used oh, yeah. classic. I mean, they're huge. At one point, they had uh, almost 12,000 cars. Yes, that's oh, yeah, so. If you've got an old school hoopty, you can't find that quarter section. Desert Valley Auto Parts, they probably have them, and they ship worldwide too. They do, and of course, it was an honor. We didn't plan on this. We did a whole promotion, uh, Fuel Fest, right? A, sort of a tr- big tribute um, to the great folks uh, representing um, the Cody Walker mm-hmm. uh, family, Paul Walker, and Chris Lee, who runs the event. Him and his partner. Reach out, reach out Worldwide, I think it is. Reach Out Worldwide is their charitable. But what was really cool is Paul Walker's brother, brother Cody Walker, called in. Yep. And the dude's busy. Like right now, he's probably, he's probably flying a jet somewhere. <laughs> Where you at? But all those shows you can find on WrenchNation.tv. And before I announce uh, another great show topic for you guys we're going to talk about, what makes this show pretty cool is you guys, you know we do a lot of industry work. And we have such a mechanical vibe tribe. And one of our tribe members, hand bump Mr. Joe Hyde with Christian Brothers. He's a director of automotive technology. You're a rock star, brother. It's so good to see you. And that, I think we planned this like almost a year ago. It happens. Yeah, like he gets on Google and then Google says, nope, you're not having it. Yeah. <laughs> that calendar's yeah, so not having schedule's it. Schedule's finally aligned to where you and I could, could do this. So 
man, thanks for having me. Really, yeah, big really shout appreciate out. It. Yeah, big great shout to meet out. you today for sure. Yeah, this is, this is such an honor, and and everybody's just been so welcoming. Yeah, uh, that that I just can't thank you guys enough. So I'm, I'm um, excited to be here. We're gonna wait. we're gonna dive into some of your history in a little bit, but first we got to give a big shout out to Christian Brothers. You guys have beautiful shops. Yeah, I I tell you, you know, we were founded in Texas in 1982. Uh, I think we're now in 31 states, 250. An locations. amazing job. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot goes into the details, right? The, the details matter uh, for the guest experience. And so one of the things we wanted to make sure with all of our locations is, is that uh, the, the guest knows that they're at a place that's different. Yeah, and consistency. Yeah. If, if there's any multi-store outfit that's, that exists, Christian Brothers gets it right. By, when I say consistency it's, not consistency, it's not just the guest experience. But what about that back shop, yeah. technician training? how we're treating our teams. You guys get it right. We're going to dive in a little more. Uh, I wanted to bring on, um, just kind of introduce our show topic real quick. I want you to, of course, don't do this while you're driving or if you're at work on your phone listening, just, all right, sneak it in. It's okay. But just don't be doing this while you're driving. TheGentlemanRacer.com. There are lots of publications out there in the automotive genre. You have your favorite. But I want you to check out The Gentleman Racer, a guide to cars, what I liked, because cars are cool, but a guide to cars, and what's really cool, adventure. We all need adventure. Yeah, they got travel, cars, Cars style. How many automotive publications have the guts to put (laughs) style? And and class. TheGentlemanRacer.com. We're honored to have, in a little bit, we're going to be joined by the founder, an incredible automotive journey, the founder. Michael Satterfield, who's also the uh, editor-in-chief, a great cat who's uh, had this publication up. Lots of great content, so we're going to have him on. As we do always, uh, Greg, let's get caught up. Greg with G'sUp.com. What's shaking, before we get into some news and some car tips, what's shaking in the world of the antiquities? Well, there's always stuff shaking, that's for sure. (laughs) But one thing I always do is, you know, once the auction month gets past us, you know, the month of January with all the auctions, I kind of put my fingers on a few things just to test the market out, see how things went. And also a lot of people wonder, uh, you know, are the values going up or the values going down? They just don't know. So I always try to, you know, put some information together. And one thing I found out and realized that Barrett-Jackson last month sold 1,857 cars total. Well, how does that week. look year over year? Kind of give us perspective. Well, they, they, that generated $196 million in sales, and that puts them up probably 7% more than the year before. Their track, that's good. That's I mean, a, that's yeah. That's a good momentum compared to where it went, you know, where there was no auction last year, really. My concern is this, though. Some, some that get it that have been out there, they've experienced that they know, okay, I don't have to go after the big dollar vehicle. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, what I hear, and, and Craig's going to kill me for this, but, oh, I, I can't make it to Barrett because, you know, I got mm-hmm. 10000 12000 Are you seeing some of that sentiment? Like, are people complaining that these cars are so dang expensive, like a uh, 70 Chevelle or whatnot? I mean, 70 Chevelle may be a different, but let's just call it whatever. Whatever vehicle that used to be, you can buy it all day long for 18 19 20 and now they're... 40, yeah. 50. Well, there's something to be said. For How that. does the little guy get managed well, is what I'm saying. The little guy that wants to get in the middle of this, um, there's certain days at the auctions that cater to the low budget, the person that wants to get started in the auction industry. Those are going to be the first couple days, the first 20 cars of that auction, maybe the last 20 of the evening. That's where you can get some deals, get your feet wet into the auction scenario. 
So there's there's opportunities to buy large and buy small. A little slower pace. You can kind of looky-loo, smell it, taste it, get a vibe. Because it seems like um, when when we hit prime time. Mm -hmm. Saturday's prime time. I've been out there. And and in fact, you guys know, I, of course, uh, Drew Akuzal, Russo and Steel and stuff. Great guy. Wasn't out there this year and it's all good. But like you go out to a, like an Alcazar, Russo and Steel, that's Gladiator Dome. You you yeah. just if you're not careful, like I said last week, you're calling Mama. Hey, Mama, give me another forty k. Yeah. <laughs> you know you just go crazy yeah. with it. And then you know Meekum, they had uh, the auction in Kissimmee. They uh, they peaked out at two hundred seventeen million, which is eight percent higher from the year before. So if anyone's asking, is the classic car auction or the classic car market? You know, going down, I would have to say no from what I see. Oh, no, past. it's I strong. Mean, it's, I think it's, it's strong. And it's going to go up even to 2023, 4, and 5. I, yeah. I can see that coming. So, I think people feel good. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a direct answer to it. Uh, I, I just hope it stays. But also, don't give up. No. I, I mean, like, if you're tinkering in your garage and the wife nudges you, or for that matter, the husband nudges you, whatever the case may be, when are you going to finish it? <laughs> finish it. Finish it and do you. I think sometimes we can get a little too much. We peer over the fence and what are the Joneses doing? And just finish, just like and do it, your ride. Yeah, you know, that's my problem personally. I have a couple <laughs> projects that I don't have done yet, but I'm always helping someone else or peeking over the wall trying to buy something else. So I got yeah, a car tip. Focus. Well, we had a scenario in the garage. It was kind of, uh, you know, you see stuff. It's like doctors. You doctors, don't tell me in the ER you don't get by the water cooler and start talking about that funny bone that fell out. We know it. We see the same thing in the garage. But before we get to some car tips about what we saw in the garage, I don't like this story. And some of you are probably going to disagree. Some of you say, no, we need this. New York City is now using cameras with microphones to ticket loud cars. Wow. Now, prior, maybe jaywalking-ish. You happen to be in the area, like if you're grossly loud, like we know those cars, right. and yeah, in the morning you're grouchy, you're getting to work, they they aggravate you. But how? What is like? What is the threshold? Yeah, what's the decibel reading? Like, like what? When illegal? does it become aggravating for all? When it causes physical pain, I'll look up the decibel <laughs> level. I'll be right back. Yeah, do me a favor, do that. If you live in New York and drive a loud car, you could receive a notice from the city's Department of Environmental Protection. Environmental Protection. Poli- Opo, they're coming after your exhaust. Does that mean now noise is considered an environmental fine? Well, is it strictly exhaust? I'm reading here. This is live, Branch Nation. (laughs) Breaking news. (laughs) Hot off the press. Not because a police officer caught your noisy car, but because a computer did. Oh. So it's programmed. So, wow. It's like going through a traffic light. You just get a ticket. Mm -hmm. Mailed to you. So what do you think, man? You pop an exhaust, and you don't you don't need our local heroes, police officers, to stop you and say something. You just get a ticket. What do you got, Bree? I got a little bit of hilariousness. All right, so if you ever decide, you can actually look it up from cdc.gov and see the ratings of hearing levels that are that are dangerous, if you will. City traffic is rated at between eighty and eighty-five decibels, and they have a little. St- note on the side that says you may feel very annoyed after that all right so 80 85 decibels normal very annoyed very annoyed louder than uh you know louder than a dishwasher that's why all my new yorkers are crazy i know you (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, now, like a motorcycle is at 95 decibels. So if you are around a motorcycle after about 50 minutes of exposure, that can actually cause hearing problems. Wow. Um, it's it's just really interesting. Now, most mechanics have lost their hearing already, so we go up to 130 decibels, and what what's that squeak? Fire uh, Firecrackers are at 140 decibels. All right. Standing beside or near sirens is at 120 decibels. Both of those can cause pain and ear injury in less than two minutes. Oh, my oh. gosh. All right, so here's what the ticket shall say if you get one in the mail regarding your noisy hoopty. You Which are I guess, annoying. You've been No, no, fine. it's it, official. It just says, you're too dang loud. Government, <laughs> now listen, man, government's got to be official. They're not just going to say, hey, sorry, we excited you. I'm writing to you because your vehicle has been identified as having a muffler that is not in compliance with Section 386 of the Vehicle and Traffic Law which prohibits excessive noise for motor vehicles. Your vehicle was recorded by a camera that takes a picture of the vehicle and license plate. So, bam, <laughs> pay us. Done. That's, I mean, I don't know. We were trying to raise money for our municipalities. Um, Joe Hyde with Christian Brothers, you're in studio. What is your taketh on this craziness? Uh, j- just that craziness. <laughs> I mean, I'm a loud pipes, uh, saves lives guy, so... Um, this is true. What do you do with EVs, though, Joe? Like, yeah. EVs are quiet. Like, I know Elon Musk will program a fart and all this other kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff, but, like, w- EVs are here. Like, technology's moving, and, like, what do we do there? Well, I think I think the consumer's already spoken, right? Because you can actually get exhaust makers for your EV. Right. So I think some of the EV owners might still be missing uh, that traditional internal combustion engine exhaust because it's an opportunity for the aftermarket to create noise out of the exhaust of an EV. Yep. Well, individual freedom. Yeah. Right. I mean, we can go on. I mean, we're not a political yeah. show because we don't know anything about that. No, but nothing. not at all. I think we all want our freedom. A humble mechanic, just throw him out there. He just bought his new Volkswagen ride. Mm-hmm. The first thing he's doing is going to the garage. He's modifying. Absolutely. Right. It may have 10 miles on it, but we should have that freedom. Although we should also respect our communities. You guys know that. Don't be silly. Yeah. But this is all part of what they call in New York the sleep bill. It's <laughs> part of the sleep bill. So I'd probably go to the courtroom and ask the judge to play the recording of my exhaust at full volume in the courtroom just to prove that it's me, so I can hear. So it you again. want you want that speeding gun? You want to know what the gun said? Oh yeah, on a speeding gun. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Hear it now. You're if there's any hope, out. if there's any hope, the program will be reevaluated on June thirtieth. <laughs> now I have a question. How would they determine which car that it goes to if it's in a video? Well, the car tech- next to it. All I can tell you is technology. Audio huh. audio microphones have come a long way, but that could be a fighting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. It was the bus. Could have been. Or that's bad. But, yeah, I don't know. Huh, but that, that's your news out of New York. Uh, we'll, we'll get some car tips coming. We do have to break, but I want to tell you, please stick around. Uh, honored to have Michael Satterfield. Uh, you guys check out thegentlemanracer.com. An amazing automotive lifestyle uh, publication. You can find that online, as well as the tremendous... Human being of the automotive sorts, he has an incredible story. Stay tuned, Branch Nation. One of these days, ain't gonna change. One of these days. I want my mileage back. 
Of course you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients. And they're like, not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, get on to partsauthority.com, check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Vision Collision, a full-service auto body repair, collision repair, and automotive paint facility in Tempe, Arizona, serving all of Greater Phoenix. Free towing, free estimates, Vision Collision, family-owned and operated, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. WrenchNation.tv. Get on there. I know you guys will dip in and out of the show. You can catch the show at your leisure over a cocktail, OJ, or your favorite bowl of cereal. That's the beauty of podcasting. Uh, did want to shout out to Susie Sockets in the Desert Car Care Tribe. Yeah, we, we miss her. We miss her. We're working Ooh, to get it. Go, her. Susie. We love you. Yeah, we're working to get it back. Of course, the garage is busy. And... Don't forget my good friends, Sean Gordon and the Mechanical Tribe, Ace Performance Automotive, Saturday, February 26th from 1 to 5. They're celebrating their second location, grand opening down in Queen Creek. All of my Queen Creek family get down there, 22-325 South Scotland Court. You guys can catch a car show, food trucks, music to celebrate an excellent award-winning automotive service center, second location, grand opening, that's Ace Performance Automotive, happening Saturday, February 26th. Make sure you go check them out. We'll be out there uh, in honor uh, to reset here. Joe Hyde, uh, Christian Brothers Director of Automotive Technology in studio. Hand bump, Joe. It's always good to have some amazing talent in studio. And, of course, Greg Ovist with GsUp.com. 
founded by Mike Satterfield as a passion project going way back to 2002, The Gentleman Racer. You guys check that out, thegentlemanracer.com, is now one of the leading men's online magazines dedicated to what we like, transportation, travel, and style. Style. My style, man. I'll tell you what, I'm trying to work on my style. Maybe Mike can give us a hand. Mike Satterfield, come on in. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes. Now, I know we're going to get to your history, but uh, let's just jump right to it. Have you been pulled over by, because I know you've done some travels, <laughs> have you been pulled over by a noisy vehicular situation? I've never gotten an exhaust ticket, but I think that's mainly because I moved out of California before they started <laughs> enforcing that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? we know California. I mean, you know, without alienating all of our California peeps. But, yeah, come on, let's face it. They, they, there's some strict laws out there across the board. Um, you have been involved in the automotive industry, Mike, for quite some time, as we do with a lot of our guests that are doing some amazing things uh, for the industry, for the enthusiasts. It's important to know, how did you get that trigger of spirit to get started? I mean, like, was was anybody in the family nudging you towards automotive? What's your background there? So, yeah, I mean, like most most people had kind of story with, like, my dad worked in the auto industry, um, still does. He uh, worked for a lot of automotive aftermarket companies. So growing up, we always had SEMA projects in and out of the driveway. And some of my earliest, you know, memories were, working on cars with him or driving to car shows with him. So I just kind of grew up in the industry, and my first jobs were always in the auto industry and kind of uh, just kind of never left. Let me ask you, because a lot of folks listening are in the industry, uh, whether they're 30-year veterans or youngsters up and coming, did you ever get a point where you were so disgusted in the industry that you may have taken a left and left the industry, or is that a non-issue for you? You know, I, I think... The pivot was when I actually launched out on my own, which I went full-time on my own back in, like, 07. Um, so I, I kind of left the industry as far as actually working for other people, and I think that was a big difference. Entrepreneur. Uh, we got an entrepreneur yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked a lot in the automotive aftermarket, um, different manufacturers of classic car parts and things like that over the years. I also worked for, you know, in the retail side. So I've worked in kind of all the different aspects of it, and I, I think I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I'm going to go do this myself now. Which is, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different journey. We're going to get deeper into that. Am I to understand, like I've, I don't know, I can count 30 years I may have had 20, I may have owned 20 vehicles. Am I to understand this right, Mr. Satterfield? You've owned over 100 vehicles? Yeah, yeah. I've owned um, probably closer to about 125, 130, I guess now, somewhere around there. Um, I kind of have a, a problem. <laughs> that is not a problem. Okay, hold on. In studio, we're holding hands. You just stood up. I have a problem. We love you, Mike. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us about that. I mean, some of the vehicles that you've had. Well, it started really, uh, really early. Um, I bought my first car when I was 14 years old. I couldn't even legally drive, but um, I was bicycling. I saw this old 54 Ford sitting behind a barn with a bunch of other cars near where I grew up, and uh, I bought it for 150 bucks and convinced my dad to let me drag this thing home and work on it. Um, and that just kind of started the flipping process. And I was buying and flipping classic cars, taking them up to Pomona Auto Swap Meet and selling cars and things like that, um, all the way through high school and early college. So. I mean, it kind of got to a point that people just knew I was like the car guy in the area. And people would call, hey, we're, we're moving our, our family farm. We want to come haul away five or six cars. And 
we'd bring them home, fix them up, do stuff with them, keep a few of them for a while, and, and sell the others. So let me ask you, going back in time, because uh, that sort of situation has gone a little bonkers currently. We all know oh, that yeah. the used car, new car, I mean, <laughs> I think I talked to somebody recently. I had to go all the way up to Alaska to get a deal on a car <laughs> or something like that. I mean, you just don't find the deals in your backyard for all the reasons we've talked about over the last several shows, chip shortage, what have you, supply demand. Are you seeing, so do you have some of your friends who swing used cars now, you guys get together over lots of drinkage and complain? I mean, what, what do you see for hope there in the used car market? If I can ask you to sort of not quite predict, but are we going to turn? A lot of consumers are upset. They, they just, these cars are expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm blown away every day when I, I see our local lots that are still pretty empty. And, you know, you go look, oh, there's a new Bronco Sport, and they want $10,000 over window sticker for it. So, yeah, it's definitely a pain point for a lot of people that are trying to either upgrade or just get daily drivers that are, are, are safe and reliable. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see a pivot point eventually when we get um, some more inventory, but Man, when that's gonna when that's gonna shake loose, I really don't know. I just got back from uh, the Chicago Auto Show and talked to a lot of people out there, and you know they were telling me some of the Toyota models that are coming out with are, are already pre-sold their allotments for like up to four years. So yeah, I mean it's not uncommon. It's not <laughs> uncommon yet. People that say, "Yeah, I'm getting my new car this week." I'm like, "Oh, that's great. I ordered it seven right. months ago." <laughs> I mean that's yeah. that's like where we're at right now. It is. Really and, and, like, you you know how it is, and, of course, Joe Hyde with Christian Brothers in studio, what's the first thing they ask a technician or a service advisor if they don't want to put the money in their vehicle? So how, where do I go to buy a used car? That conversation comes by, and we try to advise them. We're like, wow, you got a Google calendar? <laughs> you need to put that on the calendar. Yeah. Right, Joe? I mean, yeah. I mean that's, uh, that's... It's like, how long do you want to wait at that point? Or, it is what it is, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. All right, let's uh, go back and definitely rough out there. Yeah, we're gonna go back in time because you've done some wild stuff, like like TV <laughs> made for TV wild stuff. So we can sense your independency, your voice for the people, and your ability to get on a motorcycle and travel the country. <laughs> Tell us about what you did back in the day um, about that little old two hundred and fifty cc motorcycle that you decided to sort of cruise the country with. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I mean, a few years back, I was I'd come back. I was doing some work over in Japan, and I'd come back to the U.S. and was kind of deciding that I didn't really want to stay in California, and I wanted to kind of do a, a cross country road trip. My my dad had done a cross country road trip when he was in his twenties, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go finally get mine done now that I'm in my thirties. I'll go do that. That'll be fun. And I, I reached out to this company in Cleveland that was making these little 250 cc kind of Chinese American hybrid motorcycles that were basically kind of replicas of like a Honda CB, you know, series, you know, vintage looking bike. And I, I was talking to him, like, Hey, have you guys ever done like a long-term road test? And they're like, well, no. I said, well, let me ride one across country. <laughs> so so wait a minute. Wait, I, I'm just, just like I'm just that? seeing you. I'm just seeing you at the bar talking to all your Harley friends. Um, <laughs> were people thinking at the time that you were a little bit of loco, loco right? for doing that? I mean, an unproven. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it got it got even hairier too because when I got, I got to the south and I was going to head across you know Texas and Arizona and Mexico the whole whole way back to L.A. and uh, Hurricane Harvey hit. Oh, and you know we get the hurricane going and I, I kind of was 
stuck because I had to be in Austin, Texas at Circuit of the Americas for uh, another a race that I was going to be doing with uh, uh, the uh, radical racing cars. And I was going to be testing one of those for fun, doing a story on those. So I had to get there. I had kind of a time limit. So I ended up just shipping all of my clothing home and like my cameras and extra stuff I didn't need. <laughs> I bought one of those uh, waterproof like canoeing bags at Walmart and just strapped everything in and rode through all the way to through Louisiana to uh, on to, uh, to Texas. You uh, went you went like Baja 1000 right? style right there. <laughs> You're like, "Okay, we got to do what we got to do to win this race." Uh that's pretty ingenious, but it tells us more about your journey and sort of spirit like we do what we got to do. Like that's yeah. just what we do. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was either sitting in Alabama for a couple of days or getting wet. So Joe Hyde, Joe good, Hyde, good test. Joe Hyde with Christian Brothers in studio. He's a he's a big motorcyclist. Joe, what do okay. you think about that? Yeah, I, I just want to know two things. One, how did he handle the headwind of a two fifty with <laughs> with with that much wind? Did you right? have a screen? I mean, at least yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. some some sort of screen. And then and then two, was it at least a comfortable cafe style or was it just a straight up bike? So it was a like, scrambler style, um, no no windshield, um, <laughs> open face helmet with goggles that were my grandfather's. All right, you saved. You and, said goggles. We accept that. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and that was yeah. it. So, yeah, it, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was. I, I would say the only time it really got real hairy was once I got past like, um, I guess Fredericksburg and into West Texas, where it's just like. All the speed limits are 85, and the bike will do, like, 60. <laughs> you had a lot of honkers, didn't you? Yeah. What's wrong oh, yeah. with you? There you had know. to be a point where it's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it's about halfway to Tucson. Way. I was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is not a good idea. But I think ultimately you, you, were, you said, okay, I'll do it to this newer company release, this platform on two wheels, and, and you were able to actually genuinely say, not bad. Yeah, made it all the way. I mean, had to buy a couple of tools to adjust like the the chain and a few other things here and there. But yeah, bike made it all the way back to California, and it was it was a blast. And I ended up giving it to another journalist in California who did some stories with it before they shipped it back and tore it all apart to see what wore out on it. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, you know I like that. You know that's real. Like it's not about the money to pay me to test drive. I'm going to give you the truth, right? <laughs> and then pay me it was, handsomely. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that because I think in, in general what this speaks on, and, and we want to paint this picture, truly there are a lot of publications automotive-wise, and the gentleman racer.com, that's the spirit that you bring um, with you and your team, and so we can look forward to reading those articles. They're, they're real, they're raw. Uh, you do an amazing job as well, you and your team, reviewing vehicles. Talk to us about maybe one or two, maybe the most recent, that maybe you were just at the Chicago Auto Show that maybe stunned you. Like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. Did you see anything recently by way of a new vehicle that gave you drop lip? Well, yeah, at the at Chicago Auto Show, the one that's, that's on the side, the one that stole the show was uh, Ford unveiled the Allen Man Heritage Edition Ford GT. Uh, which which they outlet they unveiled it right next to the original Alaman AM GT one, which was just super cool. I mean, it's a Ford GT red with gold and white stripes. It's just a beautiful car. Um, I mean, fantasy car. But for something that like more average people are gonna gonna be actually having access to, um, we we've got a, a great guy who does our reviews, uh, a lot of the bulk of our reviews, and he just finished uh, driving the new uh, Grand Wagoneer, which is. An incredible SUV, um, a lot of fun. And there's actually an aftermarket company that is making a wood kit for it, which 
really makes the thing even cooler. Uh, so, yeah, that's one that really stood out to us. We, we had it as a test or two to drive, and it was just a really impressive vehicle. Yeah, that's a 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer Series 2 Obsidian four-wheel drive. Big shout-out to Anthony on autos. So that's, a, that's what we enjoy. We want to mm-hmm. get a snack. Look, I, I'm going to just say this, and I'll probably get hate, and I'm okay with it, because hate's good and healthy nah, for you everybody. Won't get hated. Don't worry about it. I just think, and Michael, before we cut to break, I just think that there are periodicals that are so dang jaded and just straight up selling advertisements. And is that really a legitimate review for our soccer mom who's going to buy something? And I'm going to use the phrase, homie, don't play that on Gentleman <laughs> Racer. Um, that's important to you as, as editor and, and sort of keeping that brand wholesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely don't uh, don't pull any punches. We've, we've had some run-ins with OEMs who didn't like a story we wrote or whatever um, and, you know, push back on us. But for the most part, we, we try to keep everything very positive. Like, we'll tell you what we like about a vehicle. We'll tell you what we don't like about a vehicle. And, and that's the nice thing about not having the advertising revenue tied to any of the OEM manufacturers. Um, they loan us the vehicles. They trust us to do a uh, honest review. And... It's a good relationship, and, and the thing is, because we're honest, we, we've been able to keep those relationships going for years, so we have a pretty good steady flow of vehicles coming in. Um, this week I'm driving a, a, the new Nissan Pro-X uh, Frontier, great right. truck. Um, it's a, you know, a really, really cool vehicle. We're making some, uh, making some photos and videos of that uh, later this week, and it, it'll be a, a lot of fun to you know, get out and test that one now on an off-road trail. Yeah, if you're just joining us, thegentlemanracer.com. Uh, we are honored to have Michael Satterfield founded the automotive publication way back in 2002. Mike, stick around. I want to pick your brain. How does one review a vehicle? What's the standard for that? I'd like to know how and what you're looking for representing an audience that may buy one. Stay tuned, Ranch Nation. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, Mail Shark has got you covered. With over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more, Mail Shark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation, wrenchnation.tv. Honored to spend it with you every week. If you miss bits and pieces of the show, get onto the website or your favorite podcast player. Big shout out to KFNX on Saturday. All you mechanical maniacs that hang out on the Saturday show. Greg Obis with G'sUp.com is in studio. Welcome back, Welcome Joe. Welcome back. Jo- uh, Greg and then Joe Hyde, Christian Brothers. He's got all these certified. He's a I master technician. Say, I He's can't got, count all these patches. He, he is certified on. in everything except the kitchen sink, Joe. Well, yeah. Maybe not. Hey, this <laughs> one says master. No, actually, well, that. well renowned Joe yeah. Hyde with Christian Brothers Automotive, uh, director of technology. An honor to have you in studio, and we're going to catch up and and talk more Christian Brothers in a minute. I'd like to bring Mr. Michael Satterfield back, the gentleman racer. Mike, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. We, you know, we talked. Uh, I'm going to dig deep on some more wild journey stories because I'm sure you have some of those. But you know, we left the break talking about. Because some people want to know, like, how does one review a vehicle? Like, what's the criteria? How do you go about that? What are you looking for 
And if I can ask, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but if I can ask you, what could be a fail? And fail is probably a harsh word, but maybe just not, not going to do it. Um, talk to us about how you go about that approach, if I can ask that. Yeah, I mean, we really try to um, honestly look at the vehicles, you know, you know, drive them. We spend about a week in each one, so uh, we do get some pretty good time. Sometimes we'll do road trips in them to really test them out, depending on what type of vehicle it is. Uh, but, you know, it's really about our sites, I guess, more focused on the functionality and use of the vehicle. There's a lot of websites you can go to, all the big guys that will tell you, you know, all the, the details and specs, you know, to every single option. But we want to show how the vehicle really works with people in their daily life. You know, is this third row SUV actually good? Is it easy to get in and out of the back seat? Does it have enough cargo space with that back seat up? You know, just kind of basic stuff like that. Stuff that I would say that would be a fail is a lot of times um, the, the the noise vibration harshness is the standards are so high now that almost any noises and squeaks, you know, they start to, you know, really bother the modern driver because the cars as a whole are so good now. It's really hard to, to buy a bad car. But if they can't get those those squeaks and rattles and wind noise things dialed in, that can be a huge turnoff for, for a lot of drivers. Yeah, i got to interject because I speak for a lot of uh, professional automotive technicians out there. Uh, we've dealt with our noise case scenarios, but at least the last five years, Joe Hyde with Christian Brothers, Oh, my gosh, we have to look at lab scopes now to evaluate waveforms regarding what Mike just talked about, NVH. Uh, I know, Christian Brothers, you get your fair share of noises. Yeah. A technician gets that noise, and it could be just out of warranty. How are they handling that? I think two things. One, uh, a lot of people don't realize that there are actually NVH or noise vibration and harshness analyzers now to the point where uh, you can actually hook up uh, microphones, if you will, that, that transfer that noise to a machine to, to basically give a printout. Uh, and a lot of our stores will put a kit in the store that comes with like little felt strips or little rubber bumpers or, you know, just the things that tend to wear out or where we can isolate certain areas of a vehicle. So it, it, it becomes problematic these days. Yeah, it's not as easy. I mean, um, some of the greatest tools that a technician has is some of the basic tools. Yes, we like our hammers, but be careful. Don't worry. Uh, but we had, you know, old school would be a stethoscope sometimes yep. or a seasoned ear could say without getting into trouble, right? We don't want to sort of jump into a, a test or diagnosis uh, by way of our only, just from yeah, our you experience. You got to prove it. You got to prove it. And so um, I find it fascinating. A lot of these, uh, as we bring Mike, let's bring Mike back in. Mike, we had to mention that because like you're test driving and if you've got a young virgin vehicle with low miles and it's starting to make the rattles and squeaks absolutely because you you get a consumer behind that and they're typically it's under warranty but if we see it in the garage bay that boy that is a difficult at times to to diagnose mike oh yeah for sure yeah i mean we've got waveforms accepted known good waveforms <laughs> for the squeak in the back by the seat by the bolt by the yeah. big 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 we we need a, <laughs> a pressure transducer class on nbh i guess Right, that's another thing. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole show on pressure <laughs> transducers. Uh, so, Mike, I, I want to speak to your spirit of entrepreneurialism because a lot of we got a lot of folks that are are in that same that same mode. You mentioned something very important, and and of course you discussed it and segued lightly into it. But I sensed, I wouldn't call it a bump in the road, 
But when you went from working for someone to working for self, can you explain what may have been a heartache for you initially that we can share with the audience, those folks now um, that are in a position where they want to do it on their own? And what advice would you give? Just one good solid tip if one is venturing out on their own. What hardship did you have that was a challenge and how did you overcome? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, losing all the infrastructure you have with the job, especially when you're working for a larger company. Um, you're doing everything now. So you're, you're the accounts payable department, you're the uh, you know, tech department, you're kind of doing everything. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you've got to really have a mindset that you're going to be able to figure it out and um, you know just be able to persevere and get through things. It's really a, a tenacity. You have to just kind of wake up and beat into yourself every morning that you're going to be able to figure out whatever life throws at you because there is no HR department to send it to or tech department or anyone else. It's, it's just you. Um, but the, the trade-off is, is that you're able to make decisions, act quickly, um, respond to things in the moment, and not have to run it by anybody. So uh, there's, there's pluses and minuses, of course, with, uh, with uh, working for yourself, but uh, I wouldn't have any other way. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't want to throw it out there, but it's a reality like this. I'm still trying to figure out this whole great resignation thing. And, and, and in all actuality, I, I'm going to kind of switch a little bit, and I, I think you can relate as well, Mike. A lot of your readers who are professionals, I mean, you get a lot of enthusiasts, but Joe Hyde in studio with Christian Brothers, like the shortage of technicians is real. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if there's anything we can speak upon, let's not look at, the great resignation is some phenomenon. Let's say, how can we do this better as, as sort of uh, business owners, whether we're micro or macro? Joe, talk to us. I want to segue into this because Christian Brothers, you guys do a really good job of taking care of your technicians. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, you know, the industry, I think, as a whole has really had a propensity to treat technicians as a number and a, and a, and a commodity, right, in the shop. Um, and not one that we've taken care of real well. And I think our approach at CBA is, is one, we, we want them to know they're more than just a number um, and that they have a career path beyond a technician. Uh, we, we've got many different programs to help develop a technician, not only within their career uh, as a tech, but beyond turning the wrench, so to speak. And, and so I think our culture that we've kind of established that it really speaks to that. And that's why we're able to to really retain the talent that we that we find. Yeah, we got many shop owners uh, as as well as uh, let's let's our dealer friends as well um, who get that. I mean, this is an opportunity for the industry to take advantage of growing a better mindset for culture. And and, and so, I can't speak for other industries, Greg. I know that you do in, in the world of sort of classic cars. I'm sure you hear it on the grapevine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Culture nowadays is just key. It builds morale. It gives people the long-term satisfaction of a goal. They feel appreciated. Right. And if that culture is not started from the top or from management or ownership, it it, it fails. All so right, listen, I'm going to tell it. you something. I got a secret to my culture. I got a lot of little secrets. One of those is I keep a fireball coloring book in my lounge, and my guests get to color while we give them, well, sometimes big estimates. <laughs> a coloring book? Now that's your secret? Color, every coloring book. That's like oh. I have, listen, I got a small punching bag for the small estimates. <laughs> I got a large punching bag for the large estimates and my trusty fireball coloring book. And, Mike, you had an opportunity with our good friend, Fireball Tim, legendary Hollywood car designer, 
artist behind some great movie vehicle yep. designs. Batman. Batman. That pretty is sitting up at the Peterson. Yep. You had a chance, Mike, to work with Fireball, and we can officially announce the Gentleman Racer coloring book. How was that experience, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was so much fun. Uh, working with him is great. I've known him for a few years uh, back when I was in Southern California, and when he first reached out to me, I was like, are you sure you've been doing like some big names on these? Things? Yeah, I mean, Magnus Walker, <laughs> yeah. Spike yeah. Fairston, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it was it was a lot of fun, and he, he let me basically kind of have the creative control of picking out what vehicles were going to be in it. And me being, again, someone who's like owned a lot of weird cars, I have a lot of interesting picks in this, uh, in this coloring book. And I wrote a little history for each vehicle, and he did all these amazing illustrations, and it was it was a really fun experience, and there's just some incredible cars in there. Yeah, what a great experience. Yeah, well, I was going to say, now you can add to your email signature all those other awards. You can put <laughs> the face of Gentleman Racer Fireball. Fireball coloring book. We love it. I think our society needs the little stress and de-stress color. Get your color on. Yeah, I think I'm going to have Absolutely. to get, get one just so I can see if we you can have put to. it in our lobby. Joe, we are going to get you... <laughs> We'll start off with the Gentleman Racer. Actually, it's a whole series. What Fireball is doing, I love the spirit. Yeah. What he's doing, first off, by the movement of artists. A lot of you artists know it's hard. Like, you got to, you got to, hey, you got to respect the business side, and it's not always grooving there, but you put out such great art. It's just like musicians, right? And so when we can, and Fireball's that guy, he's going to get everybody together yeah. and do it legitimately and make sure it's not a lemonade stand. Like, yeah. it's got to be there tomorrow. But yeah, Joe, we'll we'll get you guys copies. Uh, the Gentleman Racer. We'll start with that one. Yeah. All yeah. right. So what I'm cars? Game. What cars did you pick? We're not cheating on the internet. What What was your favorite coloring book car, Mr. Mike? So again, I kind of decided to do some uh, more interesting vehicles, like a Bow Car um, XT5 and a Fiat X19 um, XK120 uh, Land Speed Racing Car. Kind of some weird stuff, but stuff that was um, you know significant historically and you know has a neat story behind it and then tim obviously took that and ran with it and did an incredible job at creating all these different stories around these really unique vehicles uh, a couple of the cars in the book are actually even cars that i've owned um and one of those actually my current uh, project car that i'm just about finished with a uh, little 62 austin healy sprite mm. oh i like it mm. yeah you're see you're not you're not just wearing regular gloves mike you're pretty exotic you like <laughs> i love it you like to get yeah, out there I, and I, find I like the, the weird stuff. <laughs> I love it. You guys can catch Amazon.com, Fireball Tim. He's got the whole slew of books. Check them out. Of course, uh, Dennis Gage, uh, Orphans, Oddballs, uh, the official Tony Dow is out there. And we love that collaboration because what do we need? And, and it's not just artists, guys. I talk to you technicians. You guys have bad days. You're under hood. You saw that same job for three years, and for some reason, the 101st time you got that same job, it didn't work out. I think the mechanism of de-stressing. I'll be honest with you. The coloring book works. However, you know what I tell my younger technicians that are still trying to figure that out? And it's real simple. Like people say, Frank, that doesn't work. I said, listen, dude, don't reinvent the wheel. Go in the bathroom, put some cold water on your face, grab something to eat, and come back at it. Joe, speak on that. I want to speak to technicians that get frustrated. We all have them, no matter what organization. The mantra, I, I would imagine, behind CBA, there's a method behind that. Give a guy a break or a gal a break. Yeah, I, I think it's important to understand where your threshold is and, and what your trigger points are. Uh, and, and then helping or, or having management help that technician 
when Teamwork. they can't see yeah. it themselves, right? Yeah. And and giving them that outlet, but I think more importantly, setting as we talked about culture, setting the culture that it's okay to step away, right? Uh, we're so production driven, you know, car in, car out. How many can we push through? It's we got okay. to answer to our guests, our consumers, it's our okay clients to, to come in. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so important. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll share my mindset, and I had to really, you know, because behavior is hard to mm-hmm. change. It, let's just face it. Especially on technicians. So for years, <laughs> my mindset mindset as a shop owner was like, same-day service. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, snap, that new F-150's got 100 million lines of code. I don't think so. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. So it's it does come from leadership and how we mm-hmm. how we treat that. And then... In all fairness to the consumer, there should be mechanisms in place for the just-in-case. Jill and Jill don't want to hear that 3 o'clock call. They were supposed to have it done, and you said no. Well, you better have a mechanism in place Mm -hmm. to get them comfortable. Yeah, you got to have a process, you know, that that checks in. I know typically with our stores, you know, we we take that four-times-a-day approach of just reviewing things and making sure that the commitments that we have have committed to uh, can be met. And if they can't, we're, we're out ahead of it rather than waiting until the, oh, by the way moment, right? Yeah. We, we, we all know that by the way moment. Yeah. Well, that's a nice segue for this radio guy. By the way, Mike. <laughs> right? <laughs> what, hey, what, like we talked about car reviews, which is awesome. They're genuine. They're sincere. You call it out as it is. You've got great relationships. But let's get on to the product side because you, you do a lot of style and fashion and, and whether it be watches or what have you. What really tickles your fancy right now that you'd love to share with the audience? Because, well, we got done with Valentine's Day, except me. I'm still, I still got to give my wife something, so maybe I'm listening. Uh, what, what tickles your fancy by way of some great sort of automotive sort of lifestyle products right now? Well, I mean, for me, I think a lot of people are, are kind of going towards heritage brands and, and really kind of you know, better quality, nice things that they can buy and keep for a long time. I think there's that kind of been a shift with the supply chain and things like that. People have kind of shift a lot of their buying habits. And um, there's a couple of really cool products that I found um, that have kind of rediscovered that have been around for, you know, over 100 years. Uh, one of them is the, the Gerstner & Sons uh, wooden toolboxes mm-hmm. and machinist toolboxes. Um, they also make some field bars and some other pieces that are really, really cool. But these guys are building all this stuff in the USA. It's all handmade, super high-quality um, oak you know, toolboxes like they would have used back in Indy, you know, 100, 100 years ago. So that's one of my favorite products. Uh, companies doing really cool stuff. And, again, the type of thing that, I mean, there's still Gerstner toolboxes that are, you know, from the 1890s still in circulation because they're that well made. All right, I'm going to put some pressure on the Christian Brothers family, CBA. Mr. Joe Hyde's in studio. You give out awards every year. You need to consider that wooden toolbox. Yeah, I, <laughs> that would be a great gift for that a would be that would be we d- we do an annual training event and I could just see uh, I could see us giving one away. Yes, to, to kind of one of the you know that would be f- cool. figure out how to give it away. But well, yeah. I think I think Mike everything like traditional wood um, that's cherished. Now, that's a great legacy piece for family and future. It's Remember? timeless. I still yeah, have a toolbox. Super cool. Yeah, I was yeah, in my. And when you touch them and you, and you feel and you see how well they're made, and just everything's just so incredibly well engineered. It really does kind of uh, shift your focus on the, kind of the throwaway stuff that we buy so much yeah. of. Well, that's my fear, man. Metaverse. Will we have the wooden box in Metaverse? 
<laughs> you know, slow down, Zuckerberg. Some of us like our real touchy feelsy stuffy stuffies. Supposedly in the metaverse, you can have whatever you want, right? I don't know about so, that. Yeah. Hey, well, let me ask you, Mike. Uh, you know, I mean, you're aware of it. You probably see it. I, I mean, as a digital publication, you you're part of networks of you know other publications. Is the publication industry paying attention to the metaverse? Is the question. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, honestly, there hasn't been that much movement on it. Uh, I, I think the thing that's weird for like, especially me, like we've actually kind kind of gone backward. We started doing a print magazine a I few years that. ago, and yeah. now we're doing quarterly magazines and you know people i think again are trying to look for something that's outside of that that screen time um and i just don't see you know the automotive thing really translating into you know the metaverse where you have no legs and you're kind of this floating avatar um i think we're kind of in that the crossroads of society where we're going to have some people putting on you know virtual goggles to go in the metaverse and some of us putting on you know aviator goggles and taking a motorcycle ride right well uh, i kind of choose the later yeah, and, and, and you guys get on the, the GentlemanRacer.com. Like it, a lot of you love the tradition, and you, and you enjoy I do. Like, I, I, I keep mag- I like my kids, you're going to have to read at least one magazine a month. Let's keep the magazine tradition alive. <laughs> and it's hard because it's Snapchatty, TikTokity, and yep. it's, it's this, this brain rush alert button, and we, we forget to be in the real raw now and just be. And, 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 I, and I admire that you do that with Gentleman Racer, a wide variety of coverage um, that you do, Mike, that is awesome. I know it's not easy. Yeah. You guys put out some great content, and you're always on the hunt. What are you hunting down now, Mike, is the question. Is there anything that, that we can have a little secret sauce on Ranch Nation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a couple things. We're, we're building some project cars again. Uh, we're always doing something fun like that. We've got a new SEMA project we're going to be unveiling pretty soon. As far as stories, though, I mean, there's a few. We have a whole history section on the site that's just full of interesting kind of history things that I'm interested in that I basically write about. But one of them is a vehicle I've been looking for, and it kind of vanished, and it's a really cool piece. Uh, I wrote about it last year, and it was a, it was a CBS mobile newsroom from back in the 1930s, 20s and 30s. Mobile? really cool Art Deco air-streamed, you know, basically rolling van with a – like a canopy on top and the glass bubble for all the radio guys in the back and the, 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 the reporters to work in. And it hasn't been seen since like the 1940s or 50s. So I'd love to figure out whatever happened to that vehicle. And that's been one of my kind of like side projects. I always keep, you know, keep an ear to the ground for to find the CBS mobile newsroom. Mr. Greg Oviston, studio with G'sUp.com. That's right up your alley. Right can up we, my alley. Can we help Mr. Satterfield find this We're going to start hunting for it I right say now. We do it because like... Gosh, yeah, that would be one to grab. That it would be like an oddity, yeah. uh, a rarity, and of course the history section of the GentlemanRacer.com. You got Jimmy Doolittle, the real life rocketeer. <laughs> um, you've got the motorcycle style back in 1935. The fella on that with his cap. You know, back in the 30s, if you didn't have a cap, you weren't accepted by society. And one of the things that that I liked, Mike, on the website is you have the girls, car girl section. I love that. And that was showing all the female racers, all the women in the industry. And I think that's a great. Yeah, we need that. Great, great motivation for women to get involved with the industry. Yeah, it's a fun series. We started it years ago. And, you know, obviously it started with a lot of like the the girls who were in the, the modeling side of it and all those things and yeah, that's where the industry was and then it's as it's grown over the years we've been able to really find women to to work with and say hey let us tell your story let's share your story 
and build up this section. So we've got racers from all over the world that we've interviewed on there. Um, you know, there's one of my favorite stories is uh, with a young lady who, uh, who rides motorcycle all over the world, does trials. Uh, Vanessa Ruck, uh, it's called The Girl on the Bike, and she's literally ridden all over the world on her enduro bike. She does time trials. We did um, uh, a story with uh, Elisa Atola, the uh, girl who the Lotus Elise was named after. Um, so there's a lot of really cool content about all the women for you know, decades and decades that have gone into working in, in the car industry, uh, whether they're racers, whether they're auto techs, whether they were, um, you know, rebel rally racers. Um, there's all kinds of cool stories on there. Yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love it. The history section, thegentlemanracer.com. Make sure to get on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. Follow The Gentleman Racer. I guarantee you, you will find something. You will get hooked and enjoy it. And not just flip through your phone like a drone. We have a tendency to do that. Great, great guide to cars, adventure, style, and automotive culture, man. We love that. Michael Satterfield, man, a pleasure to have you on. We thank you so much for joining Wrench Nation. We hope to connect at least SEMA. We'll be out there. Mm -hmm. But beforehand, we we do a lot of uh, California stuff. And, man, if you need anything from Wrench Nation, your family. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's been great hanging out. And uh, Anything you need, let me know. Will do. Thank you so much, Michael Satterfield, gentleman racer. We need this in life. Right? Yeah. Like I said, it's all about de-stressing. Yeah. Joe Hyde, you mentioned that uh, in the back bays. We, we have a few minutes. And, for, and in fact, I'll just air it out. We're going to dedicate a whole show. We're going to have you back on. I'd like to talk more yeah. about uh, technology, how technicians are, are getting you know modern-day training now. But with Christian Brothers uh, Automotive, CBA, throughout the country, beautiful shops, beautiful culture, all across the board, what advice, uh, you may have a few people now, and I want to, I want to speak to franchise side, okay. that may, you know, automotive is on fire right now. Let's face it, the automotive industry is strong. They may be looking at getting into a franchise. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for a potential franchisee that may be looking at CBA? You know, I, what I would tell them is is that you don't have to be a car guy to, to be a shop owner at CBA. Um, you know, a lot of people... Or a car gal, for that matter. Or, or, yeah. or car gal, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, we have several female fan, franchisees, or fran- and, and they do quite well. But I think the, the biggest part is, is, is having the ability to build and manage a team uh, and establish a culture uh, that is consistent and that you can um, replicate on a regular basis is probably two of the most important things, you know, coming in, you know, we have an approval process just like any franchisor uh, might, but don't just automatically assume because you're not in the automotive industry that CBA, as far as a franchise is not, not for you because it could very well be for you. Yeah. Well said. I mean, we're, we're defined by how well we are backed up by resources in general, in life. It includes uh, franchises that are, on the successful side, wanting to see partnerships succeed and so on. Um, I had to mention, because you are due for the recognition, I would never let you go, Mr. Joe Hyde, (laughs) Master Automobile Technician, L1 Certified, and the Undercar Specialist. (laughs) I love that. And as a Director of Technology, they keep you busy. You enjoy what you do. Would you like to give a few shout-outs to any CBA family while you're here in Arizona? Put you on the spot. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now I'm going to alienate part of uh, part of <laughs> part of the listening crowd. But no, uh, def- definitely been a pleasure to be here. Uh, all of our CBA locations are fantastic. Um, I-, I can't 
I can't do what I do if it wasn't for each and every franchisee that we have and their team members. It, it takes a collective effort on their part uh, to make us look really good at the home office. So uh, just shout out to the entire team, uh, my team back at, at the home office that makes me look good on a regular basis. You know, Kyle, Kai, Dan, Rainey, Mitch, uh, the gang in the auto tech, uh, those guys make me look good on a regular basis. And, and they get, they are the ones that really are the workhorse that allow me to get out and do these things. Right on. Teamwork yeah. makes Teamwork. the underhood hard work easy. No. Yes. yes it does. <laughs> Maybe we could say that. Well, uh, good to see you again. We'll, we'll figure out a time. We'll have you oh, back absolutely. and we'll, we'll dive deeper. Mr. Greg Ovist in studio with jeezup.com. Uh, Thank you yep. so much. Absolutely. Always enjoy. Uh, and a big shout out to Susie Sockets. We're trying to work shows where we can get back our Susie Sockets on the mic. I am so honored to spend it with you guys. Please check out and share the show on the website, podcast, whatever is easy for you guys. Know that we got an open mic for your rock star, automotive, <laughs> technician, mechanic, shop owner, anybody that has a story. Always an open mic and an honor to share that with you. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.